What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Good afternoon from the future. Oh, amazing. What is it like in the future? Um, it's, it's, uh, partial clouds. It's, uh, probably 70 something degrees outdoors. That sounds Not so that I, amazing. I don't know. I don't go out there, but. But you can feel it through, through the window. I can. I can feel it through my window hole. The, the window, oh. the window crack. I just did a workout that's very unlike myself. What what kind of workout was uh, is on like a one you would do? No, I made it up as I went. But you know, normally I love that a Norma Kamali. It's absolutely a Norma Kamali. I I like to do a guided class, like a yoga yeah. or a, or a ballet or a Cunningham or whatever. And today I was like, you know what? <laughs> I have a jump rope. I I have been jump roping a little bit for the last few days. So I was like, I can turn this into a whole workout. So I did a hundred skips and then I did some like lunges. I would lunge around the room 10 times wow. and then I would do like when you, when you would you do a really deep lunge where you like would go really low to get that quad firing when you stood up. Right. I would, right. I would step really far forward and then with, I had my arms over my head. And then I would step in a up first with the back leg. No, I mean in a fifth. Oh no, 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 Arms no, up no, in a fifth I, with doing no. deep lunges. Sometimes I would just have my palms like facing each other, reaching up like yoga mm-hmm. style, or I would right. just hold my hands together up there, get my ribs off my hips a little bit. And then I would get on the ground and I would do ten push-ups. Then I'd stand up and I'd do ten squats. And then I would do these ten like bend over, come back up things, sort of like with your knees bent. I don't know what to right. call that, but they re- they really fire the butt and the hamstrings. And you keep like a long spine when you do it. And then the last thing I would do is I take one of my bands and I would do ten bicep things, and then ten bicep things with a twist. And then I start all over again, and I did it five times. Wow. I sweated. Wow, Reed, that sounds very. Sounds very good. It's, yeah, it sounds very like masculine or something. Ooh, masky jasky, <laughs> as we used to call it back in the day. He's seeming Mas- very masky jasky. Yeah. It, um, yeah. That's and, amazing that you had the, you know. Well, I mean, you're passing. You're passing the days. You're I'm passing, passing. But passing. you're almost out. It's so exciting. Thursday, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Exactly. Tomorrow I get my last COVID test and then... How do I, they I do get, that? Like, does someone come in a hazmat suit? They come, like, with, you know, PPE, what have you, like a mask, and they have you stand against your door. They say stand against your door. You open the door mm. and you stand against it. And then mm. they administer the test and then mm. you go back into your room. Do they wear a face shield or goggles? I think they were wearing a face shield. I'll try to take note. I was too, like, flipped out the first time because it was only day two, and I was like, oh, my God, someone's at my door. And you were like, oh, my God, talk to me. And they were like, nur. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were definitely like, nur. 
wait, what was I going to tell you? Oh, we're, I, I, I watched um, highlights of the Megan and Harry interview, but I couldn't get my hands on the whole thing. Oh, uh-huh. Well, I mean, here's um, the thing. The, this monarchy needs to go away. Like, there needs to not be kings and queens anymore. Um, yeah. I've read something from, I think it was, like, from the Irish Times where it was, like, it's a bit like having someone who lives next door to you who loves clowns, has clowns in every window, has her whole outfit, has her whole um, house, like, outfitted with clowns everywhere. And uh, and everyone who, like, lives... I, I can't remember the rest of the metaphor, but the idea that people are, like, paying for these people to, like, live in palaces and go around and chariots is um it's so weird it must end and you know while we're at it stop the one percent and stop celebrity culture like it's just i i'm just i can't no more kings and queens please you really took the words out of my mouth because you know uh, uh, the uh, the whole world and all the media is so flipped out about this interview but i'm like Uh I truly don't care about any of these people. Like, I, I, I don't understand why we're giving them so much time and attention and empathy. I'm like, none of these people need our empathy. They are not the right people to be putting any energy onto. I mean, I can appreciate that the situation is illuminating a, a problem, but like the problem is with all parties involved, quite frankly. Well, I'm a little like, well, I mean, I am definitely... Um this does not focus on the most vulnerable. I mean, in this way that when we, uh, when we obviously I, you know, it's, it is a problem, but when I think of, um, people who need immediate care and access and who really don't have it when, and it just, again, it's like the class warfare and how, persistent and and we talked about this in terms of Trump um you know the idea that we've somehow escaped kings and queens in America is also kind of uh ridiculous to me they may not be living in a palace that we all pay for with us us seeing them walk around with like crowns but um the way taxes break down and taxes break down for the rich, we do pay for them. Like as um, uh, Bernie Sanders said, we do live in socialism for the rich and uh, we do not live in this country in a fair tax system. Um, It is, we are in that way enabling Kings and Queens to persist and to, uh, you know, go around wearing jewels while people are like, how am I going to eat? And that, right. I think that in itself is, I don't know, I feel really, I, I still feel really curious about why people feel the need to have kings and queens. And then I'll take that further into celebrities, like what they need by having feeling, I kept thinking of this, oh God, I mean, Evita is such a terrible musical, but this part where she sings, um, you know, she's basically being like, you know, you have to dress me up. They need to 
they need to see me being so beautiful. Or I think of the Imelda Marcos doc that came out where she was like, well, the people need to see that there is a queen and it helps them. And I'm like, hmm. I don't, well, I, don't. I mean, there's something there's something to like the way that beauty begets beauty and like aspiration like builds hope, but at the same time there's there's ent- no reason why why celebrity needs to also equate to like massive wealth. So, I just think there's a distortion in the kind of wealth that is is bestowed upon people and and to see Look, I don't know if it was Harry's intention to like elicit any kind of sympathy by saying, you know, oh, we've been cut off by the royal family because it, and he's like, you know, if it weren't for my my inheritance for my mom, you know, like it, things would be a different story. But in like a different story, I mean, your story is already like out like you have absolutely no need for this money like you have their net worth is 50 million dollars. Oh my God. Did yeah. you look that up? And that, yes. And it wow. has, that's not even to do with being cut off. Like, yes, they're cut off, but like with her money and his money and their properties, et cetera, $50 million. I'm like, right. I cannot, I do not want to hear you talk about your finances until you've given all your money away. Do you understand? Yeah. And I think the kind of, um, look now, do I think, uh, exposing the racism of this monarchy is something to do? Yes. I'm also like, how would I, would anyone think otherwise that this monarchy exactly is not racist? Like, is anyone what even is a monarchy? surprised? Right. What is, what is, a, a you know, a, a white monarchy, if not, uh, filled with supremacy and, yeah, their whole um, aim from the beginning please. of time has been like genetic purification, you know, and like colonialism and literally going to other places and being like, this is like, and going to India and being like, this is ours now. Or, you know, it's, I think the thing around the empire itself, it's like, how are we, it's not like, um, uh, there's been reparations in any way. So, uh, I am continually, it was why, you know, you were able to finish the crown and I really wasn't because I just thought I can't, I don't care about these people. These people feel like, and in America, we are here as these real, like the runaway kids who were like, I don't want that, but let me find this other way to do it. Right. And, um, you know, it's the kids who run away from the parents and are like, I'm going to be nothing like my parents while I just take this land that isn't mine enslave people, um, you know, uh, and repeat the sins of the parents. And it's, um, you know, it just end it all. Now, you know, how how is that going to happen? I, I, you know, this podcast is called Dance and Stuff. I don't know. But I do think that <laughs> I, I would hope, and I was hoping that somehow inside of this pandemic, people would wake up to humanity and to taking care of each other and what that looks like and how we are interdependent and how when you don't take care of, when you don't look to have a a world that takes care of everyone, you also will be negatively impacted in that. If you're just trying to like pull your ladder up into your golden cloud, you, you know, you might find that you are stricken with an illness that uh, goes everywhere and 
<laughs> I um, I don't know. I don't know that 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 sense of interdependence and um love has happened inside of this pandemic. I really don't. I I, I think no. I you know I was speaking with my analyst about it, and he was like, you know, we're dealing with two things, which is the pandemic. And then how horribly people have handled it, how selfishly mm. and entitled people have handled it and how like out of reality people have handled it. And, you know, in terms of a disconnection from reality, well, sure. Then people do want to live in some sort of fantasy of kings and queens or in, in the case of America, celebrity culture and its own kings and queens. And now... We have our perfect story of the two coming together, and we love it. Which Anyways, is what? Harry and Meghan. Oh. Um, the, 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 yeah. the celebrity and, and the royalty, and right? Yeah. And, but at any um, rate. How, the past and the future into the, into the future, or whatever. Yeah. The past and the present and the future, whatever that line is. Um, How's your dog? She's struggling. You know, she's, she's a trauma baby. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of struggle. Was today a struggle? Um, I don't, uh, I think some, I had to teach all day. So I, 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 we, we went on a big walk and she does, um, check in with me as we're on the walk. She'll like, if she starts to like walk ahead a bit, sometimes I'll let I'll release the leash if I feel not release the leash. Can you imagine? I let go of the leash and just let her run. Um, <laughs> I I lengthen the amount of tension on the leash if we're like at a park and there's no one around and I still like have a death grip on it. Um, and to see her walk in front of me and then she'll stop, turn around, look at me, and wait. And you know, I haven't, we haven't even gotten to that in training of being like, wait, sit, stay, um, you know, come. We, she doesn't know any of that yet. So um, at least there's that. And um, yeah, she's, I will, I'll take her on, on her, uh, the night journey in a moment. Um, mm-hmm. Jeremy does the morning are, shift. Are, I do the night shift. Are you still feeling settled on Nomi as the name? I'm, we are settled on Nomi as the name. I really am. It's got to be. Right. It's got to be. It's got to be Nomi. It's got to be May. What's that from? It's got to be May. Is that, oh, yeah. Uh, that's, it's ju- like Justin Timberlake or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be May. Yeah. That's May. what it is. Right. Um, how dare you invoke Justin Timberlake on this podcast? Well, it's just what happened. It's just what happened. <laughs> Um, um, what else is there? Um, I do zooms. Um, I, I do pipe cleaners. I, oh, I kept working on my doll that you like. I really so I love the that. doll and it's really important that you post that this week. Okay. Um, I know I, that I'm not on the Insta, but I feel, I feel that seeing that doll on FaceTime, I was like, you've, the, Fans need to know. They need to know what's been happening in here. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I write out words on large pieces of sketch pad paper in hoping to to arrive at a structure for my thesis work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, what is I'm a dubious. thesis? Yes, I don't know. I Googled it. As I, I know, that was, that was my joke. That was my joke. Because I do know what a thesis is, but I really liked that you were thinking, you know, what is this even? I'm going to Google it. Iconic. I Googled thesis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. It did not help. It didn't help. Um, and uh, well, you're also getting an MFA in dance, so you know, as we as we know these days, dance is literally everything. So um, I think it's uh, the final project can be quite open. Yeah. No. I. I. In seeing what other people have accomplished. In the UARTS MFA, I realize that there, the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a, in a, in a, on the on another hand, that that makes it, I'm a little paralyzed by that, you know, by sure, the sure, open endedness of well, it. Well, as Julie Tamer said, the you know, the the problem was that no one ever said no. <sighs> she was working on Spider Man: Turn Off the Dark. Oh dear. Um. So turn on the dark. I don't know. She just uh, said, I, 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 I wanted to continue dis- devising these mechanisms to kill performers and they just wouldn't say no. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but also, what else have I been doing? Um, I take the perforated edges off of the sketch paper and I roll them into lovely little rosettes. Explain um, that. Like, and explain how that kind of came about. Well, so I, I was, I was detaching the, the little spiral bound, bound paper edge that you can tear off of most sketch pad paper. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Cause I, I've gotten into the habit of throwing nothing away in this room. Uh huh. Just in case, you know, I need it for something. Uh huh. And, uh, so then I just rolled it up really tightly. I thought, well, that's a nice looking flower. And then I took a marker. I bought a set of 24 markers, Sharpies. They came via Amazon Australia.au. And um, I started sort of just touching the edges of each little ragged paper edge with a peach or a pink or a red. And I've, I've started making this collection of little rosettes. Please post that. <laughs> I will post that. Please also make sure you post that. Oh, and also the, I love the pipe cleaner, um, bracelet or half headband. Yes. Those those are are also, those are also iconic. Multi-strand braiding is something I've learned during quarantine. So it's not all a loss. Right. Um, and yeah, if ever anyone needs me to do a 13 or a nine strand braid, I can do it. Incredible. Um, well, and Cal Surprise, really. Cal Surprise. You know, you can really braid any odd number easily. Probably any even number, too. I don't know. Um, my, I've been doing my workout. I've been doing Yuval Boim's yoga class, which really cracks my body in two, which is good, which I need for my collapsing skeleton. Um, I eat the food when it comes when they leave it at my door Mm -hmm. (laughs) i switched over to vegetarian meals the other day because like the meat started skeeving me out 
which, you know, that does happen with, I can't really eat meat more than one or so day a week without having it skeeve me out. Yeah. They were bringing you meat at like every meal. They were like, here's a beef sandwich. Yeah. And then here's like a chicken salad. Every meal had some Ugh. meat in it. Even breakfast Ugh. would have like a sausage. Or... No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't like that. Though, if you are looking up to, if you are looking to speed up the end of the world, eat meat. Um, You you can really make David Attenborough's nightmare come true. You know that incredible um, French and Saunders sketch where they play these like really unbearable uh, parodies of visual artists, which is actually like exactly what some visual artists are. Of course, that's Um, the genius of French and Saunders. Uh Yeah. But they play these sort of performance object makers and 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 Don French seems to have some kind of like screw loose. And and so Jennifer Saunders is sort of handling most of the interview. But then every now and then Don French will like walk across the back and then like come over to the camera and say like, we don't eat meat. <laughs> 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 or like Jennifer Saunders, they're they're asking Jennifer Saunders like why do you why do you choose to draw the human figure in this in this way and then Don French walks over and she goes she can't draw hands incredible <laughs> incredible hands are hard I mean I think I've I think I drew one really good one once and I was so shocked I was like I can draw hands and then I think I tried again yeah. I was like nope no I can't it was like hands real are fluke. hard. They are, you know, I, when you first start drawing figures in fashion school, the hand is just kind of like, um, like a A circle. It's like a four sided structure with like a triangle. Mm. It's just like this weird geometry of a hand. It looks just like some kind of clamp. Mm -hmm. And then I took this class, uh, like an optional model drawing class in the, in the illustration program from this really fun teacher named Marcos Oxenhendler. He was very um, eccentric and he had been like a, a newspaper and magazine illustrator in the olden, ye olden times. Hmm. And, you know, when like illustrations for fashion actually existed in right. publications right, as right. like the, the, the news. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, he had this like very, very like fast style of sketching. And so he would encourage, we were encouraged to use like markers and like heavy paint and ink, like things where you'd like laid on the paper and then you didn't have a choice. Like, and he was like, and I need you each to buy pieces of paper that cost you $100. I mean, the cost of supplies at FIT, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you to, um, career transition for dancers for helping to offset the cost of school. So um, anyone, if you're looking to pay for your college education, go into the Actors Fund and look up career transition for dancers because they have now um, granted me money on two occasions for college education. So amazing. That's right. Because they're also helping with you arts. It's really great. Thank you so much to career transition for dancers. It's amazing. Um, Anyways, shout out. Anyways. Uh, anyways, so then, uh, one day he was like, I want you to come back next week and I want you to have done like uh, on a single sheet of paper. I want you to have drawn like as many images of your hand as possible using marker. 
And um, that was a really transformative experience for me to like be confronted with this task to like, you must draw your hand in a million different positions just in marker for next week's class. Wow. Do you still have that drawing? Oh, somewhere. You know, I save everything. I know you. Well, you save like the the ripped edges, the perforated edges from a binder <laughs> of the it's of the true. binding of um from a piece of paper. If Did I can you... turn it into something beautiful, I don't want to put it in the trash. Oh, Reed, I feel like you could turn anything into something beautiful. Oh. You've made me look beautiful on stage. Um, That's true. Um, what is when you think about when you're going to get out of this room? Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. What is? And then it'll be nighttime. So you'll you'll get off the plane. You'll go to your place, and you'll immediately go to sleep. Probably. Well, no, it'll still be. It'll probably be nine p.m. when I get there. Oh, so do you think you'll go right out for dinner right away and experience dinner in a restaurant? Maybe, or I'll. You know what? I really I want to like. I want to walk around a grocery store. I also want to like. I want to walk around a, a pharmacy. Like that's a real fantasy of mine. You'll absolutely be able to do that in Australia. Do you do you take great pleasure in walking around a pharmacy? I do. As Jeremy knows, it it takes me a long time if we should we enter a pharmacy. I mean, I haven't been inside mm. of a pharmacy. That's not true. I what I did go into a CVS upstate a couple times. And I do get quite paralyzed by being like, what kind of black nail polish am I going to get? And what kind of um, bottom coat and top coat am I getting? And then it opens into like, I might need these round cottons to take the nail polish off. I need Q-tips. Mm. And then my mind mm. begins to wander more. And I'm like, what about Orbit's gum? Yes, I love getting that. Isn't it? It's so incredible that this, mm. like, this shop has evolved where you can literally go in and, like, spend hours thinking about all the different things they have. And so many of those things have nothing to do with the other. It's so fun. You I know? remember like- feeling really stressed, though, when I went into a CVS and saw that they had sushi. And oh, I thought I don't this like isn't that. right. I thought that's yeah. When not when great. the New York Dwayne Reed started to get that like island that was like uh, fruits uh-huh. and like and pe- cheeses, the, the cold island of like uh, hummus and pizzas and cheeses and the sushi, Absolutely. of course, and edamame bowls, uh-huh. a Sabra personal sized hummus cup. It was it, like that was when I started to oof. get a little like uh oh. The weird, like, clear plastic cup full of, like, celery and carrot sticks. I was like, Mm-mm. absolutely not. Or, like, a single hard-boiled egg. I could Mm-mm. barf. As if there's no consequences to that. To quote Suzanne Powder. There's this amazing Suzanne Powder when she's talking about... Um, An organic pear. I think she's... It might be organic pear, but one of my favorite ones, which I you can no longer find anymore, is when she's talking about... Why, why, if you're going to own anything, you should own a pressure cooker. And <laughs> uh, that it's an absolute must that you own a pressure cooker so that you can make your own applesauce. And she gets into why, you know, uh, applesauce and how disturbing it is that it comes in all of these 
um, prepackaged containers. And then she starts getting into the prepackaging of like <laughs> fruits and vegetables. And she just keeps saying as if there's no consequences to that. I mean, this is I mean, 2007 she's, she's not wrong. and she's full ahead. She's, you know, she's, she's already like, you know, really letting us know what David Attenborough is going to let us know later. Well, you about know, they've, they've been prepackaging fruits and vegetables since forever since the really 50s i'm time. sure and she was like as if there's At no least. consequences to that and then she started talk she talks about like the shipping of all of this and like just the, totally. the fossil fuels that it takes and like what it's releasing into the air and the plastic and if there's no consequences to that and at a certain point she goes i know all of this stuff and here i am relegated to fitness uh, and, but uh, i mean the first question in all of this is like who's eating applesauce Besides babies. Well, and that's I mean? her thing is like, stop feeding your babies applesauce that is that comes in this prepackaged crazy way. You should be making it yourself. I see. So, so she she's is like, you need to get a to pressure babies. cooker. And she has this, I, I wish I could find it. If, ladies and gentlemen, if you're able to find the Suzanne Powder uh, applesauce video, please uh, email it to uh, uh, dance and stuff. And, um, because email through our website or whatever our email address is. And um, because there's this part where she's going through what kind of apple you could put in there. And she says something to the effect of, you have your Fuji, you have your Gala, you have your Macintosh, whatever. And um, <laughs> it just really, it was the first time where I heard someone put whatever as sort of part of the, part of the last word like just the it felt like an add-on to the last really that was the first time the origin it was when suzanne powder did i mean suzanne powder and eaten organic pear really that shook susan it's not suzanne it's just susan powder (laughs) yeah it's susan but we have suzanne summers we have Mm. we have i'm sure there are other suzanne farrell you know suzanne farrell it must have been that it must have been. Do you know that. what Suzanne Farrell's real name is? What? Susan Ficker. Is it Susan or Suzanne? Yep. It's Susan. And and who decided that it would be Suzanne Farrell? I think the the management at New York City Ballet in the olden days when you would receive your contract would advise you whether there was like another person in the union with the same name. Sure, sure. That happens in SAG-AFTRA. Right. And then they would advise you to change it. And a lot of the ballerinas just changed it so that they could have like a better ballerina name. Mm. And I don't know, like, I think that Suzanne and her mother arrived or probably her mother, her mom was a crazy stage mom. Mm. was probably like, Suzanne Farrell is more elegant, you know? And she's not wrong. Though, I mean, the Farrell is so, you know, and just in hearing it has these sort of feelings, you know, you think Farrell, like she's like she can't be tamed. Dog. Right. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, oh, that's true. You know, oh, my gosh. Like, I never and, thought of it. But the Suzanne also has this sense of like, Shazam, like, pa-pow, like, bat-ma. Totally. Totally. Like, do you know what Meryl Ashley's real name was? <laughs> real name, Les? Um, what, what is Mer- Meryl Ashley's real name? Linda Merrill. Can you imagine if she just 
I was like, okay, well, I'll change it to Marilinda. Can you imagine if her name was Marilinda? <laughs> Marilinda is really good. Um, I, I think like Allegra Kent's real name was Iris something. I can't remember her last name. Anyways, they all I, changed their name. Do you know one of Balanchine Ballerina's principal women in the early days? Her name was, she changed it, I don't know, from what to Jelana, no last name. So she just changed it to Jelana? Her name was Jelana in the program. Uh-huh. She's Jelana. That's it. No last name. Is this pre or post Madonna? Uh, so pre, like so in the 50s. Pre. Okay, okay. So, you know, maybe Madonna was like, hmm, I like that. Jelana? I also feel like Madonna <laughs> saw Cher and was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Alana, Rihanna, Jelana, Madonna. <laughs> okay, totally. <laughs> I do really love the idea. I've lately, um, uh, I was talking with uh, with Peter... And um, we were talking about how great it'd be for a movie to start with someone just setting their, like, drink down and making a fist and, like, pursing the lips and going, Madonna. (laughs) 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 Really incredible. Really incredible. Somebody posted this. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you, you. No, I was just, I was uh, riffing on the Broad City. Oh, yeah. Women we love. And my friend Craig... Wasserman posted um, a clip from. I love when people just post a clip where they're videotaping the TV, so you get to uh, hear them laugh. I I did that you know? all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, I love that. And so he was watching an episode of Broad City where Alana was visiting her dentist boyfriend while he was at work. Uh huh. And he was he was like, you know, this isn't really a good time for me. I have a patient, and and he had this little girl in the chair. Mm-hmm. And Alana goes, I think that she can handle whatever we have to talk about. I mean, she's a New York kid. Like, what are you, 12? And the little girl goes, I'm seven, and this is inappropriate. <laughs> and then and then Alana looks at her and she goes, you're 22, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean obviously the child was not sitting in the chair when she said that, but um that that show really wow wowie wowie wow. It did really make me laugh. I kind of feel that is the last show. Uh, I think I'm right about this. That is the last show to make me laugh that hard. Like oh, wow. that show, no show has made me, Pen15 did not do it for me like it did for you. I did not laugh yeah, to tears uh, in the way that Broad City really, and <laughs> you know, and let me get clear, Broad City really made me laugh. But when I'm saying Broad City really made me laugh, I'm saying Alana Glazer really made me laugh. It was totally. her role on that show completely and continually made me laugh so hard. Yeah. She was just so also I was just like this isn't outside of reality of people I've met in New York. This absolutely is not. The you know it's Alana was constantly shades of Jenna Fakori. I was always like, it's Jenna. 
Incredible. I mean, look, I love Abby too, and she did make me laugh on occasion, but she had to kind of be the straight man in this right. in this pairing, right. you know, right. the straight yeah. person, person. Right. right. Well, I mean, in that old school, and that you're talking old school comedy, right? Exactly. That there's the yeah. kind of the the you know the straight to the wild card. Um, yeah. Who are we? Am I the straight in this situation? Yeah, I think we're verse. I think we're verse. I think we're in a verse relationship here. Um, I think that there are times when I am absolutely like holding the fort and 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 uh, or, or laughing hysterically at at a real like um, go off from you, and then there are times when we switch. It just depends. Mm-hmm. It depends. You know the. As as Adam Phillips says, our moods don't recognize each other. And you and I have, my moods are incredibly inconsistent. Your moods are more consistent. Um, so mm-hmm. in that way, sure, sure. I mean, I'm a little more, um, I don't have monogamous moods, that's for sure. Uh, and in that way, I'm more Alana. I mean, when Alana gets broken up with by her boyfriend, Oh. They've had that open relationship and he's like, yeah, so I'm just going to pursue it, the relationship with this, this woman. And so it, you know, so we're over and Alana yeah. goes, um, uh, okay. And then she just runs away and then calls out his name and, and he looks and he goes, yeah. And she goes, <laughs> and then surprise, kind of surprises herself that she made a fart sound as the response. Like that itself kind of has made her feel surprised or even herself. And she and continues to run away. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, I completely get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of like overload into some sort of like uh, humor moment. And then um, she just uh, has to go. Um, And her love of Abby. Oh, my God. Also, the show made me cry. I know. She really, like, they really accessed a beautiful emotional place with their relationship and their like love trouble. I know it's not a competition, but it was a real like broad city over girls for me. So different, but I mean, I mean, yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, girls was God, girls had some absolutely unbelievable episodes like in Japan and in that. Brownstone well, and just like too like, real, like just too real. Jenny like, Slade. Oh, I mean, incredible. God. Incredible, incredible. God. But just really, just a real like, I don't know. I just, I never could quite, I never was like, I have to see every episode. I just was like, oh, too familiar. I live in Greenpoint, honey. Uh, it's like. <laughs> I have absolutely like gone to the coffee shop and been right there, honey. Um, so yeah. yeah, I need things to get a little, as you know, as, as you know, like I'm a Twin Peaks stan, I'm a Watchmen stan. Like I need things to be a little, yeah. I need them to tilt queer. a little into the, into you the magical realism. Queer, queer away from the center. I really need things to queer, honey. That is that is T to the M A X. Like it's uh <laughs> I get I get reality and the, the banality. So um if I'm gonna sit down to watch something, I need it to I need it to kind of wake me up into a new way of perhaps seeing the world. <laughs> 
Um, you know what I'm going to watch? I'm going to try to watch tonight. I think I'm going to try to watch Malice. Ugh. Uh, you know, so, you so Jeremy had it. never seen Malice. And um, he was like, have you ever seen this movie? It has Alec Baldwin and Nicole Kidman and um, uh, that Gwyneth handsome Paltrow, man. I can't remember his name. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. I mean, arachnophobia. What? Remember that? <laughs> Bill Pullman's yeah, okay, so incredible. And then... <laughs> And then he's like screaming at like an animatronic spider. It's it's really like the things you have to the things one had to do in the business. Um, he has played some truly unhinged characters in his. There's a ter- I mean, time. when I think Bill Pullman, I really think The Last Seduction, which is one of the most. It's one of just those brutal '90s films. Who's um, in it? Linda Fiorentino and the. Oh, wow. In, in it, really, have you ever seen it? I don't think so. Oh, Reed. Oh, Reed. You're missing Famous like a, title, though. Famous title. You're missing a huge, huge, <laughs> huge chunk in the, you know, female character canon. And the thing that was the big sort of business scandal with that film, which is crazy that I was in high school and knew this, <clears throat> um, I guess because I, you know, must have read Entertainment Weekly or God knows was her performance was so incredible that people thought she would be nominated for an Oscar. But because it came out on HBO instead of having a theatrical, like it came out and people were like, this is a real movie. This needs to be out in theaters and she needs an Oscar. It was too late. Right. Because it went out on HBO. That was, that was unheard of. It, you know, for for a, a kind of like streaming well, I guess that didn't exist at the time, but yeah. Like, well, just this idea, was it was like, well, this didn't go to the a theatrical release, so that means that it's like, it's not there. It doesn't get that grade level. It didn't get the A grade. And yet right. it is a movie that really should have, but it's so, it's so difficult. Like, it's so violent. It's so sexual. It's so cruel. And it's just so mean. It's just a, just a really cruel movie. And... I highly recommend that you watch that because Linda Fiorentino gives a performance that um, is a, is quite shocking, I will say. And when we <laughs> think about, you know, a film like I Don't Care, or what is it? I, I was going to say I Don't Care. I Care A Lot, rather. <laughs> and then what care. is true is I Don't Care about I Care A Lot. Um, and how Rosamund Pike is <gasps> giving us like B minus actor now. Um Linda Fiorentino is giving you like grade A neo femme fatale in that film. It is, mm. it is really, okay. please watch that. In okay, Malice. I'm now, oh, I'm now I, looking up, this is going to uh, be fun. You can okay. talk about Malice, but I'm looking up Bill Pullman's filmography. Uh huh. Look up how I, tall I, I, he is, because I think he's, he's six really. He's 6'2. Uh, well, there's a part where Anne Bancroft and Malice brings that up. She brings up how and tall he, he is. He he and I have the same birthday. He's a Sagittarius. That's correct. Look at that. You're Bill Pullman and I'm Sherilyn Fenn. Okay, so on same this birthdays. version of the film, filmography, they're starting in 1986 with Ruthless People. Incredible. Which, which is um, Bette Midler, correct? Oh, of course. It's Bette Midler, Danny DeVito, Bill Pullman, and um, aye, 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 um, Melanie Griffith? Or is it? Uh, no, no. It's... um. It's, um, she's in Desperately Seeking Susan. Um, Madonna. No, the other one. (laughs) The one who, like, stole all the acclaim from her. 
Arquette. <laughs> Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Okay, no, then he was... I think it's Roseanne Arquette. Oh, yeah. Rosanna was famous at that time. Yeah, Rosanna Arquette. And then was Spaceballs in 1987. Incredible. Where he plays the, the male lead. The yeah, he plays the Harrison lead. Ford part. That movie, I remember feeling shocked when the alien pops out because I hadn't seen the original alien yet. And then that alien pops out and goes and screams and everyone's screaming. And then it puts on a top hat and goes, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. And like goes off, so goes off funny. stage as like basically he the alien that pops out turns into the WB frog. So good. Uh-huh. Um, then the accidental tourist, which I don't think I saw. Mm-mm. Bright Angel, no idea. Mm-mm. New- Newsies, we, we know of that. Cute. A League of Their Own. Heaven. Classic. Sleepless in Seattle. Didn't see it. What? I don't care about things like that. He plays a kind of like dopey boyfriend of Meg Ryan, who mm-hmm. she's like, I don't think I can marry this guy. He's so dopey, he's so square. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, she has a fantasy about Tom Hanks and then they meet at the end of the movie and we don't really know what ends up happening, but you know, the idea is that they fall in love. Okay. The last seduction. Yes. As we've just said. Oh my uh, God, Reed, you, I can't wait to see this movie. You're going to, I think you're going to love it and hate it. There's many things missing from this, this list. And I can't get into the IMDB one because now you need a account. But anyways, Casper, Independence Day, heaven, heaven. Lost Highway. Oh my God. So good. Yeah. He's the lead in Lost Highway, this terrifying David Lynch film. And that's him with oh. Patricia Arquette. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The end of violence. No idea. Uh huh. Z- zero effect. No idea. Lake Placid. Classic. Uh huh. That's the <clears throat> alligator movie where isn't it Betty White who's feeding the alligator? I have no idea. Well, I know isn't Jennifer Lopez in Lake Placid? I don't. I I can't remember. I just feel like there's an older woman who's been like feeding the giant alligator, and I. I'm projecting that it's Betty White being like, hey, um, go on. Uh, Broke Down Palace. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Is that with Claire Danes? Is that, that the one where they get I, stuck? I think that's with Claire Danes. And I believe Ryan Spawn is in that. I believe oh, Ryan Spawn had like a, because I remember getting to interlock in and he was like, I was in a movie with Claire Danes. And I think it's that one. But, but it happened in 2000. Oh, no, 1999. But well, that might have been when it came out. But I think Ryan. Oh, okay, but it's filmed it. before. Yeah, I think Ryan like it was shot in '96. You know what he? They don't have on here. Um, Arachnophobia. They don't have that, and they don't have while you were sleeping. I never saw while you were sleeping. Um, well, it has eyebrows in it. What's his name? Peter Gallagher. Well, are you ready for this? Peter Gallagher is in Malice. <sighs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it literally that you, that you haven't seen Malice or can't recall it with sufficient force is really, you know, you've got your Bill Pullman, your Nicole Kidman, your Peter Gallagher, your Alec Baldwin, your Gwyneth Paltrow, your Anne Bancroft, your what cameo appearance from George C. Scott? Wow. And how about this? 
BB New Earth. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Giving you the most Boston accent. I love it. Oh, honey. From, oh, honey. Was that from all her practice on Cheers? Was she Boston in Cheers? She was so like... Where does Cheers take place in Boston? It does. Well, it does. I'm sure they all she, have like some sort of accent then or whatever. She plays fancy pants in Cheers, you know? Yeah, she plays... One thing I remember about B.B. Neworth's character in Cheers who I believe is called Lilith. Yes. Um, which is iconic. Um, is there that Cheers did a kind of like hosting of Disney, like a Halloween hosting for Disney, I think, of like what character they would all be. And she was transformed into the evil queen from Snow White. And I remember being like, <laughs> um, it's my role. Um, I love B.B. Neworth. I want to be dressed up like the evil queen and look like that. And just think years later, maybe 50 years later, you and I were able to dress me up as the evil queen. And um, when we went to... Do you know that I've met B.B. Neworth? Well, I would assume so. I have too. She was a ballet class. I love that. I love that. Well, her and Jen Harris are friends. And... Um, they did a play yeah, together. She was, and she that, appeared in Jen's show, right? Yes, yes. I and hate, and I she's, she's in New York is Dead. And oh, um, dead. Uh, shout I out. New York. Uh, uh, something we say every day when you, we live here. <laughs> um, um, but Jen and BB Neworth were in this play that I can't recall. And, oh, my God, Jen, keep this monologue. That was so stunning. I just remember, like, crying and being, like, fully being like this. I was like, wow, sometimes sometimes plays are good. And even if they're not, like, you have really incredible actors. The, the only people I remember from that play are, are Jen and BB. Um, no, important actresses. Important actresses, um, honey. Bill Pullman was in Mr. Wrong, which was supposed to be like Ellen DeGeneres' star turn, you know? Mm-mm. Was she canceled from it? Oh, no. I mean, I think people went to see it, but she was she was playing, you know, like a straight girl with a, like, psychotic fiancé. Wow. Bill, Bill what? <sighs> Evil oh. Ellen. Um, Bill Pullman's I... in a movie called Dark Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Ha ha ha. Um, I think I saw that. Is that with Jennifer Connelly? What? Tap it and see if Jennifer Connelly's in that. Because I'm remembering this movie, but it might have been called Dark Water. And yeah, I think that's different. That's the one that's like, it's, it's a little horror-y. It's a little horror like, where Ro- like Jennifer Roosevelt Connelly. Island. Yeah, and Jennifer Connelly sees like a girl in a washing machine at one point, exactly. I think. Exactly. Which yeah. I or remember she when sees I, her in a water tower. Well, the, eventually that's where the girl is. The girl's been killed oh. and is in the water tower and is like showing up, like haunting Jennifer Connelly a la the ring to God, you know, get out of the water dark, tower. Wa- dark Waters is from, oh, it's a Mark Ruffalo thing about like real life. Everyone's in it. Oh, that came out and, relatively recently. Yeah. Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, right, Bill right, Pullman, right. Victor Garber, we love. Mayor oh Winningham, obsessed. Victor Garber. I met saw Victor and his then, maybe still now, boyfriend on 
uh, when I was in first class once because I was getting flown out to LA for a commercial and there was Victor. So like lethally, like daddy Warbucks, handsome and, um, his, uh, then and perhaps still partner and, I was like, oh, my God, Victor High, because I'd met him, like, years ago at Williamstown. And by that point, I had seen the incredible Judy Davis, Judy Garland, Me and My Shadow mm-hmm. miniseries. And I was like, honey, you, that miniseries turned me out something fierce. I cried so hard. Um, you were so incredible. And he's like, oh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I know. Who, he did, was, he, who he was, did he play? Nice. He plays her... Um, I can't remember. I think maybe he, pl- I think he either plays like Judy's gay dad or later on one of like Judy's gay husbands or Victor maybe Victor Garber wrong. gave me, he gave me a nice smile one day as I was walking down this towards my mom's shop in Sag Harbor. Oh my God. Was, Did you swim? He too was walking outside. Well, I thought, well, that handsome older man smiled at me. I thought, well, it's Victor Garber. I love, I love, I love Victor Garber. Um, what, a, what I just adore. Um, yeah, I really am upset that arachnophobia is not on there. That movie really talk about if you've ever been afraid to pull a drawstring on a lamp again, arachnophobia will really give you that fear that I'm sure it has like some kind of term, some sort of phobia when you pull, cause this, that's the way this one, this old woman dies is shut. She goes to like pull the the little like chain on the lamp to turn it off and a spider mm-hmm. like drops down on her hand, kills her. Cause it, you know, were you a, were you an Elvira child? Not particularly. I mean, I was, I liked it, but I, because I felt so sort of serious, I think I was a little more Morticia than Elvira, but Angelica yeah. Houston's Morticia. Um, and I was a little like, Ooh, I love, I love the glam, but here's the thing as an adult, I really came to appreciate Elvira and the actress who plays Elvira. I think it's, you know, my, my father was into the kind of like Elvira scene and I, I, that tracks, he took took my brother and I to see Elvira things. That tracks. That's my memory. And my dad also took us to see some crazy movie about like a clown like an absolute alcoholic clown it's called like shakes the clown or do you know what i'm talking about keep going it's starring that like actor who maybe was in the police academy movies who like he talks like like his voice is always sort of breaking and he's like small and strange looking like Polly shore oh no 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 very different very okay. different. All right. Okay. Um, anyways. And then another movie I can remember seeing with my dad was Spike of Bensonhurst. God, so many inappropriate movies for children. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's okay. Um, I mean, my mother also took me to like incredibly inappropriate films. Like, I mean, wait till you see Malice. And I saw it when I was in middle school. Um, and... Um, oh my God. When you see Alec Baldwin's chest hair, I remember just having like a full panic attack in my seat about it. (laughs) I was like, oh God, I cannot, 
let that happen to my body. I cannot have that kind of well, hair on me. You know, that's rare. That's rare that that'll happen to a, to a human. He's really he's really letting you know about his uh, testosterone. You know, let me tell you what. Um, yeah. I, and I believe he did a really fun parody of the movie on SNL when it came out, but I can't quite remember. Malice is goes around in a way for me with this film. I kind of pair it with this other film with Kim Basinger um, where she called Final Analysis. I cannot believe that I was able to pull that out of the vault. But I do believe that the double feature is Final Analysis and Malice. At the time, I believe Kim and Alec are together. And they're both, it's in this 90s noir time, of which I will say The Last Seduction ends up being kind of the best one and the most gritty and the one that's also going to really push us more into a Tarantino landscape. And there you have it for what's going on with film and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found the name of this person I couldn't think of from the clown movie. His name's okay. Bobcat, Go- Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, of course, of course. Love, love him, love him. And do, I think he's actually know- an absolute nightmare person, though. I don't know. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's I think true, he, actually. he says a lot of, he's like hates women or something. Oh, really? Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like yeah. that. I thought he had worked with a friend of mine on a show that was good, but I, I could be wrong. Um, what was the name of the mm-hmm. movie? Still don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You know. <gasps> um, well, I need to go take this dog out for the last midnight. And, um... And how that be that, the next time we speak, you will be out of choir. And I, our listeners and I can't wait to hear what it's like to live life normally. Absolutely. Well, um, the movie's called Shakes, Shakes the Clown. I was absolutely right. from 1991. You were right. Anyways, Nailed we it. loves you. Thank we you for loves you, us listeners. Go down a Bill Pullman rabbit hole today. <laughs> He's so handsome. We love you, Bill. Thank you for listening, Bill. <laughs> Hi, Dance and Stuff listeners. This is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of the Dance Edit podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at the Dance Edit. And if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news stories. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends. We've had Kyle Abraham, we've had Lloyd Knight. Basically, we've built a nice little nerdy community, and we hope you'll join it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast.